0: Hello and welcome back to the daily study of the way of mastery. I'm Jason Amoroso, your guide. I'm in my closet here because it's quiet because the kids are home from school. So uh, today we continue with lesson four following the thread of desire and we start section five, an exercise in trusting desire. Another exercise. Woohoo! All right, we're going to dive in. Let's go. Jeshua says, we would suggest that you create a structure by which a second exercise can be practiced that fits into your life. Again, it need not take more than 5, 10, or 15 minutes initially, perhaps 3 or 4 times a week. Eventually, you will be doing this all the time because you will be creating deliberately. For just 10 or 15 minutes, set aside your world. Remember that you need do nothing so the world can wait. So just looking at this real quick, breaking down some of the words again, he says, we would suggest so Jeshua is part of a whole host of loving beings that are supporting us on our journey of awakening. And they're encouraging us to do a second exercise so we can he's like, hey, I think you can fit this into your life. Five, 10, 15 minutes, a couple times a week, three, four times a week. You can make the time, he says, eventually. You'll be doing this all the time because you'll be creating deliberately, amen to that. So this is like our training wheels of creating deliberately. And many of you might be out there like, oh, I do that already. All right, cool, that's great. Uh more practice? Probably not a bad idea. <laughs> so and then Jeshua ends this short little paragraph just by saying, remember, he's reminding us that you need do nothing. So the world can wait. He going back to this amazing wisdom, you need do nothing. And the key word there is need, because you already are whole and complete and perfect and eternal. So you need do nothing to survive. You need do nothing to get the love that you might be seeking. Now, in the human sense, in the to the ego, you absolutely need to do something and a lot of things. But Jeshua is never, uh, I don't think, and i don't, maybe never is a strong word, but he's not relating to us on that level. He's not, he's not like, placating us and buying into our own fears. He understands them, he understands the tiny mad idea, but he's not meeting us at that level. So you need do nothing, so the world can wait five, 10, 15 minutes. So he continues, relax the body and close the eyes. It can be of great benefit to let the breath become very deep and rhythmic. It relaxes the nervous system and seduces the controller within your mind. The critic that decides what thoughts are acceptable and which ones are not. By the way, the critic was never something you created. It is something you let live in your mind that was made up by a lot of other fearful minds called parents and teachers. As you relax the body and the mind, ask yourself, what do I truly want? So let's just real quick look at this paragraph. And as always, with any of the exercises that Jeshua gives us, gives you, I would strongly encourage you do them. That's what we're here for. We're not here for information. We're not here to agree. We're here for transformation. We're here for metamorphosis. We're here for awakening. And these are the tools and the processes that Jeshua is sharing with us that will support that process. So I encourage you... To absolutely do this, I use this with my coaching clients. I think it's really important. I've done it several times because desire is creation, and this is all an exercise in desire. So slowing our breath, closing our eyes, shuts out, I don't know, what, 85 to 95% of the stimuli that comes into our brain is visual. So closing your eyes gets you out of your head and your thinking even a little bit and drops you into the body into the inner stillness of yourself and breathe deep and rhythmically and jeshua doesn't say this but um being a i don't like the term breath coach but having a breath work business and doing some study on breathing breathing in and out through your nose is where you want to be this activates your parasympathetic nervous system which is the rest and digest part of you Breathing in and out through your nose also increases the amount of oxygen in your body. When you breathe through your nose, you uh, have your body creates nitric oxide, which allows more oxygen to be received and um, receives by in the blood. So, uh, breathing in and out through your nose is where it's at. And Jeshua says it relaxes the nervousism system and seduces the controller within your mind, the critic that decides what thoughts are acceptable and which ones are not. We can all relate to that. Probably this part of us that is active uh, for most of our waking hours and maybe even while we, we sleep, depending on the dreams that we're having. And so the breath whether it's meditation or it's just conscious breathing, slows with your eyes closed, slows everything down inside of you and soothes the controller in your mind, this critic that we all can relate to. And Jesher says, hey, it's not something that you, and here's where I think he's speaking to our human self, because he's saying, by the way, the critic is never something you created. It's something that Basically, you've adopted, you've let live in your mind that was given to you by fearful parents and teachers and, you know, quote unquote, authority. It could be like the church or anything. Now, from the higher perspective, I would say Jeshua is always going to say that we are the creator of our experience. So on some level, it makes sense that he would that he would say that we did create this. But in this human sense, uh, it was given to us or, you know, implanted in us, or we adopted it because we do have free will. But we adopted it because we didn't know any better as a kid. We believed our parents. We believed the authorities, the teachers and the churches and whoever else, you know, the adults when you're a kid, you believe them when you're little. So he says, as you relax the body and the mind, ask yourself, again, such a simple question, what do I truly want? And the the, the key word there is truly, Right. But he would even say, just what do I want? But when you add the word truly, it just helps you get a little more heart-centered because I might want a a new Lamborghini, but do I truly want it? No, not really. I don't truly want a new Lamborghini. That doesn't mean it wouldn't be fun to have one and to drive it around for a little bit. But do I truly want it? No, I don't truly want a Lamborghini. So that word truly is important. All right, moving on, Jeshua says, observe the images that come without judgment. Notice the feelings in the body and allow this to go on for just a minute or two. Then pause, open the eyes, and write down all that you can remember. For example, I saw the image of having 47 sexual partners. I saw the image of having golden coins rain down upon me so that I had to leave an umbrella over my head. I saw huge bowls of ice cream. I saw myself in a boat on the ocean. I noticed that my stomach got tight. Whatever it is, write it down. Then take a deep breath, relax again, and repeat the process. Place the hand so that it rests on the heart. Breathe into it a few times and then ask, what do I truly desire? So Jeshua's laying it out right here, closing your eyes, slowing your breath, And asking, what do I truly want? And then just observe whatever pops into your mind without judgment. It could be the wackiest thing. It could be the smallest, not inconsequential thing. Maybe one time it is I want a Lamborghini, right? But just don't judge it. But notice the feelings in the body that come with these, with the answer to this question, what do I truly want? And allow this process to go on for a minute or two. So what I did was I put my, set my alarm on my iPhone for two minutes and then I would do this process. And when the alarm went off, I'd be done. Then open the eyes and write down all you can remember. So I would keep a journal and just have you know seven or eight pages dedicated just for this because he's going to invite you to do it seven times in a row. So just asking that question and write down whatever. Jeshua says 47 sexual partners. I'm assuming he means all at once. Is, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like 47 different partners. <laughs> um, The image of golden coins raining down upon me. Again, sex and money. I think he's just, again, using this because we can all relate to wanting that on some level. Huge bowls of ice cream. This is not the first reference to ice cream. So we know where Jeshua's thoughts are. Or maybe he knows where our thoughts are. Sex, money, and ice cream. I think that's pretty much what we all want. And a boat. (laughs) He says, I saw myself in a boat on the ocean. Oh, that's great. And I noticed my stomach got tight. So write whatever it is down and then take a deep breath, relax again, and repeat the process. Do this a couple times each day, making note in your journal. And as Jesuit continues, again, allow the process to be what it is. Do this over a period of 10 or 15 minutes so that you repeat the process at least six or seven times, writing everything down. So you're going to set aside 10 to 15 minutes So if you do it seven times and each time is two minutes each, so that's I think what I did. I set the timer for two minutes. I would get still, ask what I truly want. In those two minutes, allow whatever would come up. And then I would whatever I could remember, I would write down and I would set the timer for two minutes and I would do it again seven times. So it's about 14 minutes plus the time to write stuff down. You could do it six times, um, you know, and that's about 12 minutes of the process with the other three minutes or so in between of writing stuff down. And then he says, then take a piece of paper or journal and put it aside until the next exercise period. And he said, do this three or four times a week. So maybe take a day or two off and then come back to it. And again, repeat the process. When you have done this seven times so that you have seven sheets of paper in which you have gone through this process, then and only then begin to look back through all the things that came up. Ask yourself, What seems to be repeating itself? You might notice that three times you wanted a huge bowl of ice cream, but then it seemed to fade away. Twice you had a desire for 47 lovers, but now you notice that you are really only wanting one. So there it is. So you do this six or seven times for two minutes each in about a 15 minute process. You take a day or two off, you do it again on a different sheet of paper and you do this seven times so seven days not seven days in a row but seven days over the span of if you do it three to four times a week it's like in two weeks you'll have you'll have done this seven times and then and only then so i don't know call me a rule follower but when Jeshua says only then, I wait until the seventh time to look. Now, can you look earlier? Absolutely. But I think that I think maybe that influences sometimes when we're so aware of it and we're so tracking what we write down, we can then be aware of it when we close our eyes versus kind of allowing it to be each session to be what it is. So on the seventh time, you then you take a look and you look at patterns. What's coming up? What is repeating itself? And you might notice things shifting or changing. And then the last paragraph that we're going to read today, Jeshua says, whatever it might be, notice the pattern, the thread that seems to run the most throughout the exercise periods. Then imagine that thread to be the energetic link that is tied at one end to the piece of foam at the edge of the wave and the other is anchored to the depth of the ocean. Then consider that, perhaps, if you allowed yourself to move down that thread, to begin to put your energy on that, To begin to clear up the obstacles within your consciousness that block that desire from being consistently lived from, you would carry yourself from the drop of foam at the edge of the wave to the heart of God. Damn, what a beautiful paragraph. So Jeshua says, whatever it is, notice the patterns without judging it. If you're like, oh, my gosh, I see myself uh, raising cattle in uh, you know, Tibet. Like, don't judge it. Just notice that you maybe put that down like four or five times over seven, seven days of doing this practice. And he just says, notice the pattern, the thread or threads that seem to run the most throughout these periods. And imagine that thread to be a link that's tied to the end to the piece of foam at the edge of the wave, which he the analogy he's using is that's our ego. That's like or that's the attention we place on our ego. It's the belief in separation. I'm this little piece of foam. Look, I'm separate from the rest of the ocean. Right. That's the tiny mad idea. But when he references this piece of foam at the edge of the wave, that's what he's talking about. And that this desire that you're that's coming up within you during these exercises, imagine a thread connected from you, this, you know, the small self that feels separate and alone and unworthy and all those things. There's a thread that connects that little piece of foam all the way down to the depth of the ocean, which is the heart of God and his in this metaphor, and this analogy. And he says, consider that if you allowed yourself to move down that thread from the foam all the way down and put your energy on that thread, following your desire and he says to begin to clear up the obstacles within your consciousness that block that desire from being consistently lived from. So what does that mean? That means let's say uh, okay. So when we lived in Los Angeles, we lived in um, we were blessed enough to you know be able to afford to live in Los Angeles, and we lived in a small. Old house, probably built in the 50s, probably will be sold and torn down since we were renting it. Um, and so it was a small, about 1,100 square foot, three bedroom, one bath house for more myself and our four growing boys. And it was, it was a tight fit for everybody with one bathroom and the toilet, (coughs) excuse me, the toilet didn't really work that well. You literally had to plunge it after every use. So, um, the thread of desire at that point was a new home not in the city of LA but in 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 the mountains in the trees in nature and just following that thread of desire in this process just opening up to it and allowing that and 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 in this context connecting this desire to live in a in a more spacious natural environment being by connecting that down to the heart of God. So it's not just mine. It's not just my small self, Jason, I want to get out of this and I want to get into a better situation. It really was allowing myself to, to give myself permission that this desire to be in a more spacious, natural place was the desire of God to be expressed through me. And so Jeshua says, look at all of the obstacles within your consciousness that block that desire. So the, the blocks are, well, we don't, we can't afford that. We don't deserve that. How are we gonna make money outside of LA? Um, you know, who are we to live in a bigger house? Uh, all of these just limiting beliefs that come up. Oh, I can't leave my job, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. When you get in touch with your heart's desire, because we're human and we're here and we think we're separate, invariably resistance is gonna show up. Limiting beliefs are going to show up around money, around what you deserve, around what you're allowed to do. All of these things are going to come up. And that's what Jeshua is saying. Begin to clear these up within your consciousness. That block that desire from being consistently lived from. And as we clear these blocks up and and without getting too into it, the process that Jeshua has given us is to, one, notice. Just notice these blocks coming up. We're not trying to resist them. We're not making them wrong. We're not judging ourselves for having them. We're not judging our parents or whoever for giving them to us. We're just noticing that they're there. And we're breathing into and allowing whatever feeling is associated with those blocks, those obstacles to come up, to be felt, to be released. And then we bring our attention back to the desire. That's the process of clearing. It's that simple, just through the breath and just staying open in the heart and feeling whatever wants to be felt. And he said, if you did that, as you do that, you would carry yourself from the drop of foam at the edge of the wave to the heart of God. And as I did this process and my wife was doing it as well, we changed our whole life. We changed our how we worked. We weren't dependent on being in a physical space in a city like Los Angeles to earn a living and to support our family. And we went online and that took risks and courage and faith and trial and error. And it took time and we did it. And so then we moved to the mountains of North Carolina, where we live now in a spacious, beautiful home. With plenty of space for our kids, more than one bathroom, offices for more and I, and land and trees and lots of animals and birds. And it's just – it's perfect. It's beautiful. And so this process – so here's the thing. If you're trying to get something in this – you could call this a manifestation process, Right? But if you're trying to get something to feel differently about yourself, that's not what this is about. This is about opening to your desires, understanding that they are coming from the heart of God and letting them be enough. Not that if you not if you get there, then you'll feel worthy. That's ego. So just understanding that. So do this practice every day or rather three to four times a week for probably two weeks That will give you seven sessions within each session. Set your timer for a minute to two minutes. Close your eyes and ask, what do I truly want? When the minute or two minutes is up, you write it down on a piece of paper and you do that six or seven times. That's one piece of paper. Then in the next day, you take a separate piece of paper, do the same process. So at the end of seven of these sessions over two weeks, You've got seven papers with all your desires, everything that's popped into your consciousness when you've asked this question, what do I truly want? And then you look for the patterns. And then you notice, let's say you have three things that pop out to you. You start noticing the blocks, the limiting beliefs, and you just notice them. You feel any resistance. You feel any of the the pain or the suffering around the limiting beliefs. Oh, look, I can't have what I want. And you just see it. And you feel anything if it's there and you bring your attention back to the desire and you do this over and over and over again. All right, that completes our session today. Uh, Hope this was valuable for you guys. If you do like the podcast, please give it good ratings, like, subscribe, share with someone who you think would get value from this. Send us an email. Hello at revelationbreathwork.com. It's in the show notes. Just give me a shit, you know, give me a, give me a heads up. Um, I want to give a shout out to Debbie who reached out saying that she's really enjoying the pod. Uh, she says that, um, you know, I think for a lot of us that, of course, I love A Course in Miracles. I studied it like hardcore line by line for, I don't know how many years, like seven to eight years. And it's amazing. And I found the way of mastery and it's amazing. Not better, just different. In my opinion, a little more conversational, a little more easy to understand and accessible. Um, And I love that. And so uh, Debbie had the same experience she wanted to share with me. And so, yeah, you can study both A Course in Miracles and The Way of Mastery. It's the same stuff. So anyways, give us a shout and I'll give you a shout on the podcast and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. love you guys.